pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Resonance, 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 FM. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And it is hot, hot, hot in here. It is. What temperature is it today? Oh, I, I thought uh, I was going to be able to look at that and uh, it just says well, the time. What time is it? It's 7.01. Cool. Uh, it's the 22nd <laughs> of the 7th, which I believe is July. Ask Siri. Hey Siri. What temperature is it right now? It's about 26 degrees it's outside. More than that, mate. So it's going to be 37 on Thursday. And just no, it's it, actual 37? Yeah, it is. Yeah, actual yeah, real yeah, life 37. And just pointed out some sweat marks on my summer top. Yeah. I know. It's a little, uh, a little rude thought. Uh, I take an interest in your body. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Anne? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. Yeah. Um, had you guys over... Yesterday. Did. I'll tell you what I was most excited about. Obviously, it's lovely to see you. Yeah. On an good. off day. Thanks. I drove back through Nunhead. Oh. Really? That's where Lewis Schaefer lives, isn't it's it? It's not fictional. No, it actually it's real. It looked quite nice. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was good, wasn't it? I thought I, I didn't see him, though, out and about. Did you go to the cemetery? <laughs> I did oh, it's not. the thing. Nunhead Cemetery is a. Is it? Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's okay. the thing. Maybe Lewis hangs out uh, there. Uh, that was nice. Thanks for having us over, Anne. No worries. Uh, did you have a nice time? Uh, at yours, yeah, you're gonna you review. were fixing me with a bit of a stare then when you said yeah. that. Yes, I did. I had a lovely time. Yeah. It's really good. Thank Seven you. Out of ten. Seven out of ten. Good. Solid. Good review. Did you have a nice time? I did. You know, uh, I made a lot of fire happen. You did. Anne was the chef at the barbecue. Is yeah. that what you call someone running a barbecue? The barbecuer? The barbecuist? Uh, barbe- barbecue eye? <laughs> anyway, you cooked loads of not meat. I did. And it was all good. Very nice. Very tasty. Yeah. Indeed. How are you without meat, Simon? <laughs> I said to Steve earlier that uh, this won't be news to him, but uh, I really did enjoy it. And, and uh, so it first came out with some um, uh, peppers, asparagus, um, other bits and bobs were coming out. And yeah. I was like, mm, this is really tasty. Mm. And I think, no, this is just the start of it for, for, the, for the chops coming out. <laughs> and then I was like, nice. oh, no. Isn't it? There were some burgers there. I know. I'd, we, we left before the burgers oh, came out. Yeah, and we, sorry about babies. that. But you did get some delicious paneer. I did indeed. Thank you very much. That's all anybody should really care about. We're a video game radio show. That means we talk about video paneer. games almost sorry. exclusively. Almost exclusively. Throughout the hour. Uh, we talk amongst ourselves, don't we? We do, just, and we, we just chat. We do. Uh, thankfully, though, it's not just us this, here this evening. 
I would like to be joined once again once by again. Nicholas Lovell, Game Director. I think, well, we're, you have a different job title every time we, we, we uh, see you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, Nicholas. I have to find the right mic. Try now. Is it this one? Oh, it is perfect. Uh, yeah. Game Director of Hot Wheels ID. That's right. You've got a new gig. I've got a new gig. I continue reinventing myself right. i do That's games consultancy i write books and right now i'm game director on hot wheels fantastic ID. well thank you for for coming in interested to hear how you're getting on with it i saw you banging on about it on twitter that is surely what twitter's not. for isn't it it is banging yeah on. for doing the banging on so uh, we'll find out all about what you're uh, up to um, we've got some other things to discuss with nicholas as well don't we, we? do we do some contractual things. <laughs> other things can i give you a present yes you can <laughs> right now or no, I can wait. I can okay. wait. We can, we can, yeah, that's foreshadowing. Oh, Christmas Eve, isn't it? I'm going to bed now so that after the news comes quicker. It's 7.04 on Monday the 22nd of July. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Nintendo has announced a new Switch. This isn't a rehash of last week's Switch Lite announcement, but a new version of the regular Switch, which we will now refer to as the Switch Heavy to avoid confusion. It'll come with longer battery life, anywhere from 4.5 to 9 hours. There'll probably be some other internal changes, but honestly, who wants to hear about those? The new Switch Heavy will be on sale in the UK from September. I would like to hear about those. Are there actually any other changes, or is it just the battery life? Well, I didn't really say. Okay. <laughs> so you've got to imagine there are. They haven't just gone, guys, uh, just shove a new battery in there. That'll be fine. Well, if they upgraded anything else, it'd cause problems, wouldn't it? Because how would stuff run on the old Switch? Well, of course, they're not, just put, they're not putting a new battery in, are they? No, you see, and that's where... This is where it gets complicated, Yeah, this is where it? it does get complicated. Oh. It's just a, it's a, it's not a hardware revision, it's a hardware refinement, isn't it? So they've okay. got a new thinner chip or something, mm. uh, which will enable uh, battery efficiencies. I see. How will you know? Because so the interesting thing is that it's not being marked, it doesn't have a different name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be, it's, gonna, it's just going to form part of the stock. It does have a new name, Switch Heavy. Heavy, so it's called <laughs> Switch so, Heavy. Yeah, just so you can differentiate but between not, the two. Yeah, but they're keeping that between us, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So, how will you know that you're buying one? Oh, well, you but you won't. Serial number on the back. Always, always check yeah, the serial who, number. Look it up afterwards on Google. Look it up there. Yeah, no, I don't know, Simon. How would you know? Slightly revised box art. Really? Yeah, okay. it is slightly revised. I believe. What are the signs I, we've got to look for, Simon? I don't. I think, and it's from memory. I wasn't expecting to uh, to um, uh, to to have the. Uh, official ruling on this but i think if i think the old switch box has hands on it hands. and this one doesn't this is just the uh just the console and the dock i think and's and's googling no hands by looking at new switch box yeah there you go it's got hands touching the dock oh no so you've got the you've gone for new switch box yeah but i don't think that's the split this is great radio one. once again yeah. it's like me Wearing my shorts for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad as I slipped them on this morning. <laughs> uh, that's just some um, light switch boxes. Okay. If you go to images. Yeah, so it's a, it's a slightly that. different box. Uh, I'll look it up and we'll confirm it next week in the end Good. of season finale. <laughs> Good. So do we just do with like notes and queries across well, yeah, the episode? Yeah. Absolutely. Nicholas, is this sort of thing usual for hardware? It seems an odd way to go about it for a game, uh, uh, the console, which is supposed to be one of the most accessible ones, which is, parents, you're going to get it wrong, <laughs> seems to be the pitch. It seems slightly odd. The thing I was thinking um, about the Switch Lite was that, um, uh, so I've got three Joy-Con, three pair of Joy-Con, mm-hmm. and I had to buy some WD-40 contact cleaner to stop the drifting on some of them. You psh, give them a squirt, psh, 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 psh. I thought you'd got metal contacts or something. Uh, that's to your... stop them popping off. Right, I see. Uh, only on the neon ones, actually. Not on the greys, nor on the reds. Um, but with the Switch Lite, then, are they, are they going to solve the, solve the drifting? Because you won't be able to replace them, will you? What's the drifting? I don't know about it. Is it on the, on the sticks? Yeah, so you know, like, sometimes you're not, it's, you aren't moving it, but it's moving. Okay. Captain Toad is what the one that uh, oh, I found I most see. difficult. Yeah, well, I, so, you, so you've not been affected by this. Maybe they have fixed it. Actually, strangely, I was playing a game the other day thinking, 
I'm quite bad at this. It seems to be, drift- <laughs> <laughs> seems to be drifting a bit. Um, so I didn't know about it, but I think I might be affected. Uh, I guess yes, all of the hardware inside is different, so... I'm old enough to remember taking my Atari ST joystick apart to fix that and just bend the contacts up. Have you tried that? I, no, I ha- well, actually, I have. I did try replacing the joystick. I ended up having to throw it in the bin. <laughs> Same happened with my Atari ST joystick. <laughs> Watchdogs Legion has come under fire for a competition it's holding where fans can submit music for the game. Ubisoft has teamed up with Hit Record for a community collaboration project that will allow fans to submit their musical compositions for inclusion in the game. While there would be a payment for any song selected, $2,000 split across anyone who worked on the piece. Some people are angry with Ubi for encouraging spec work. They responded saying that there would be 140 licensed songs and an original score in the game and that this was a way for fans to have their own creative expressions, including in the game right okay I think this is okay personally but then I would say that because we did something similar for Chime and we also had a licensed soundtrack we always got uh, with the previous version of Chime got a lot of people saying can you put our songs in the game and this seemed like an opportunity to do that um, and to get extra content for everybody else Um, yeah, uh, it certainly wasn't born from an ambition of getting work for free or, you know, because we were already paying for the sort of tracks that we had sold. The This was extra content. Um, I do believe that everyone should be paid for the work that is used. And this is what's happening, right? They are being paid. Yeah, uh, it, I wasn't very clear on when they say it's a community collaboration project, whether so if someone submits a song and then other people will start working in it, on it as well. Um seemed a bit confusing so there were some uh, queries about that two thousand dollars will get split amongst anybody who works on okay. it but no. this you know we should start working on it <laughs> what do you need to do <laughs> sorry what what game is it what music? game watchdog is this legion watchdog legion. right i see uh, legion or legions i think it's sing just one legion. It's set in london just, watchdog london just one legion i think okay uh yeah, so on one hand, you know, definitely you've got to you've got to pay people for work that they do and asking people to do spec work is bad because, you know, it takes up a lot of their time. You create the full uh, the full thing that you're going to potentially be paid for, Correct, but totally. you don't know if you're, you're going to be paid. However, if it's a thing to try and open this up to fans, maybe people who are, you know, they're, they dabble with music, they want to give it a go to, you know, could am I good enough to be able to get my mm. music into a game? Is it? I don't it know. Does, it does feel like there is a line there, and I'm not sure I'm educated enough to discern where that line is. But part of this might be that this is entirely voluntary. It is a competition yeah. where people are not being not being told, "Oh, if you you know uh, you know we'd love these professional musicians to submit." We you know they're asking for people who want their work in there. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an open submission process, mm. which is kind of like any job interview, isn't it? Well, yeah, there's also, you know, that's sometimes a bit questionable, mm-hmm. questionable because uh, for job interviews, people often get asked to put, uh, especially um, if you're pitching like ideas and things and then, you know, yeah. you find out actually that stuff's been used and you haven't been hired. So that yeah, in I, itself is a bit of a... I would, I would suspect the answer is don't apply for that job then if you're not interested and if you're not motivated enough by, mm. the, uh, by the idea that... Uh, you know the competition aspects of this by beating other people to be in the game mm-hmm. or motivated by the thrill of having your stuff in the game in the first place then you shouldn't uh, participate in this mm. um i think i think we should introduce a, a regular feature from now on which is where steve smacks down a twitter storm <laughs> <laughs> It's been a week for saying goodbye to long-term jobs. Tim Willits, studio director at id Software, is to leave later this month. He's been with the company for a whopping 24 years. He said him leaving won't affect any of the games in development. And after 28 years, Blizzard co-founder Frank Pierce is leaving the company. This comes a couple of months after fellow co-founder Mike Moorheim stepped down. That's 52 years in games between them, which is, coincidentally, as long as One Life Left has been running. What was Tim doing then? Obviously <laughs> nothing at all. Exactly. <laughs> obviously guys. nothing at all. I, I can leave the room. <laughs> nothing will change. Wow. <laughs> He's obviously not pitching for a new job then. No, clearly. <laughs> wow. Okay, any idea why this is happening? I mean, I can, just, I can guess, can't you? Money? He's had enough money? Yeah, some time uh, off? an out period nice. ended, is it? I don't know. Just, I mean, it does feel like you've probably got enough money. Although he was saying, uh, 
I will be announcing whatever I'm going to be doing next soon. So tune in. Well, it won't be much. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, won't, it won't affect anything. It won't be affecting anything in future. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Are they all going to, uh, to join each other, do you think? This ooh. is the start of a super group. Oh, interesting. Who are going to do... In the west of Ireland, isn't it? Nothing. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, the um, Frank from Blizzard didn't oh, yeah. say what he was going to be doing either. Mm. So, I mean, after that long in one job, you'd just have a sit down, wouldn't you? Just like, <laughs> just have a nice <laughs> sit down. get a new job like Nicholas. <laughs> yeah. I've um, never stayed in one place for 24 years. I'm not sure I could. It's a very long time. That's like, that's an adult human's life. Wow. 20, That's <laughs> 24 years. My adult humans live for. <laughs> no, but you, can have, wow. you can have lived up until that age and you're considered to be like a real adult <laughs> human. Maybe, Maybe he's just become one, is he? Yeah. Do you think he's. <laughs> do you think he feels like he's blooming? Maybe. Blossoming. Well, best of luck. Yeah. Pokemon Go is teaming up with Japanese manga series One Piece to support reconstruction at a site hit by an earthquake in Japan in 2016. From July 22nd to the 26th, you'll be able to catch a One Piece-themed straw hat Pikachu anywhere across the world. And if you visit the site, the area affected by the earthquake, you'll be able to visit a special Pokestop designed by One Piece artist Aikiro Oda. You'll also be able to buy your... <laughs> a hat to match your Pikachu in the in-game shop. Hold on, is that what they want people doing when they visit the site of an earthquake? Uh, there's a, so there's a statue okay. in that uh, town, right. which was uh, is one of the characters from in the manga because so this the artist comes from that place. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a statue in that town, which is also a Pokestop that he has designed. The earthquake was around around there, and they've been uh, sort of rebuilding and reconstructing. And they want the tourist industry well, disaster yes. tourism kicking yeah. off. Okay. Well, so they actually did something similar in 2017. Uh, they flooded the area with Snorlaxes because they wanted to get more people to visit <laughs> and support the site. So it does okay. seem to be like a not not a like. Guys, something terrible has happened over so. here. Do do go and visit, but make sure that you get your Pokemon at the same time. It seemed like they were trying to, to bring people yeah, to yeah. the area. Not to get the timing right. If they do it too early, there'll still be earthquakes going on when they kick right. out the kick out the stop. Yeah, you'd hope that they would they'd test that out. My kids are fascinated by the fact that more people are killed every year by selfies and sharks. <laughs> It'll be Pokemon's the next one that's wow. going to take yeah. over. I bumped into Demo yesterday. Oh yeah, how's he doing? Demo, He's doing very well. Demo. He's had his haircut. Oh I yeah. I said uh, nice haircut. He said, he said he's off to Vegas. Uh, yeah, and I said, uh, any um, you gonna be able to uh, catch any interesting? He's, he's, he's already got his, his eye on two Pokemon. You can't get over here. <laughs> really? He's gonna pick up in Vegas. Yeah. Really? Okay. So uh, I'll be off to uh, wherever, wherever that place was yeah. that you just mentioned, Dan. Yeah. I guess. I'll keep an eye and see if, see if he pops up in a straw hat, shall I? <laughs> I think next season we're going to need to get ourselves a demo jingle. Yeah, <laughs> ideally. And finally, would you place money on two A-grade Formula One racing drivers winning a racing simulation event? Well, you should definitely go back in time and do exactly that because Lando Norris and Max Verstappen, who are very good at racing cars IRL, were part of a team that won iRacing's 24 Hours of Spa event or racing cars not IRL because being good at things in real life and also not in real life totally pans out when you consider my success with Nico Atsumi. <laughs> so this doesn't this this makes sense right doesn't yeah. it because we I think we've talked about on the show before there's quite a correlation between people who are good at the sims and uh, not the sims <laughs> <laughs> and at real life we can build life. toilets with no doors <laughs> people who are good at uh, racing simulations and people who are good at racing in real life and um, it doesn't surprise me that it goes the other way as well, no. because these things are quite mapped one-to-one -one these days. It seems a bit odd they're allowed to enter, though, doesn't it? No, apparently they do this quite a lot. Do they? So it's fine. What, I think one the of these... of them or uh, no, I think, Formula One drivers? One of them um, does some Twitch... Uh, Lando Norris, uh, he... I've he never heard of Lando he's, Norris. He streams he on actual, Twitch. So is he a Formula One man? He's not, is he? I hope... Um, Max Verstappen is. Yeah. I think he's... Lando Norris. Were they, were they using uh, controllers or were they using uh, so uh, there, steering wheels? So there was... I think it's steering wheels because there was a bit of drama when the pedal... Uh, one of their pedals at some point um, 
broke. And so someone else had to take over. Take over pit stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, but do you have to do that in... You do have to, yeah. I, I watch some streamers uh, who are professional racing drivers trying to drive using controllers and they're not so good. So right. maybe it's that you need the device. Yeah. The steering wheel. Ninth in Formula One, Landau Norris. Is he? Yeah. I stopped but watching it years ago, right? See? Keep up, Simon. Yeah, I should keep up. My, my apologies, Lando. Ninth in Formula One. You can't get better than ninth, can you? And would you want to? Is that it, Anne? That's it. Thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scamford. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Amalgamy by Coco Nums. Slight remix at the start. Well done. Some, uh, some other track playing. Put your own personal top. stamp on it, won't you? Yeah, it's unique to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Hi. Hey. How's it going? It's going very well, I think. Mm, this is our penultimate show of the yeah, season. Yeah, that's why we're just running through dates, actually. Mm, just uh, doing some admin, as we always do. Uh, this is the pre-season end finale cliffhanger it's actually it? our, it's a big one it's our last it does sorry, yeah it's, 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 it's the one that we sp- uh, spend most money on I believe <laughs> it's our it? last show uh, as a team as yeah. well because uh, Scants is off next week what better way to mark that than to bring in yes. Nicholas Lovell yes hello I was trying to work out it's the last time I saw you Nicholas was uh, at GDC um, and I bumped into you somewhere I forget <laughs> where it was we may have been drinking and you said to me I've done my bit I've done my bit and I said, we said what you said uh, you're in the credits for my book you are you are I have a, I have a copy here you can Do have you? a look it's in the acknowledgements you, at the back you complained wow. that you weren't in them often enough I think and yes I said no I can fix that I can fix that I think I made a deal that, well 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 that's what we wanted to talk we to are, you about we are going to come on to that um, I, so I said to you um uh, I said, oh, that's brilliant. I'll definitely go and buy it. Definitely. I'm not sure if you remember this. I, <laughs> I said, do remember I'll definitely that. go and buy this. And so I, I walked up to, um, I walked into the GDC bookstore and uh, I had a little shifty around. You said that, that, that they're on sale there, which they were. I walked in, I picked the book up and I took it to the counter and I said, can I have this, please? I didn't say that I knew you or anything like that. I was grinning <laughs> as I did it. And they went, yep, do, 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 toed up. And they went, um, something like that would be $45 or something like that it was a lot of money wasn't it afraid so it's, 40, afraid I mean, so. Obviously, it's obviously worth it but I wasn't expecting that because the books I normally nice. buy are three for two in Waterstones <laughs> be honest with you or 99p Kindle deal but I was too embarrassed to back away because I'd also I told you I told you I was going to buy it and so I had it in hand and I was like Ugh. and quickly I thought I wonder how many books you sell in the GDC books like not not you uh, in particular but generally how, how many do does one sell and I thought well, well imagine if you didn't sell any books at all in the GDC book and then you would then you would have known I hadn't bought it so I, I definitely mm. did definitely and I have it at home I took a picture and I sent it to these guys I, I read it but clearly Anne didn't no, because absolutely. she's just been yeah, pulling be- faces yeah it's, it's amazing I mean I took the thing is when there's, when there's good writing every time it's a surprise ah uh, anyway, clearly worth forty-five dollars uh, or, or whatever it was. Uh, good marketing move, not putting that on the back of the book, though. <laughs> um, how, how did it do before we move on to any other business? I'd love to say I knew all the data, but they only uh, book publishing's in the dark ages. They give you data once every six months. Is that right? Yeah. 
So I haven't had any yet. Well, I can see my publisher said it was okay in the first week. Okay, but that's okay. That was that was kind of it. Dollars. And now I'm waiting. Right. And now I'm waiting. Excellent. Well, it sits very proudly in my in my bookshelf at home. And then there's another one that Anne's thumbing right now. I am. I'm reasonably certain we're in the thousands of copies. Okay, but, great. Uh, but only reasonably. That's four million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was just that's doing that math as well. That's what I came yeah. up with. Yeah. Just to be clear, that goes to my publisher. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for um, fulfilling your side of the bargain, Nicholas. I believe, uh, and actually, that that, that bargain, Anne, could you read out yeah, the so acknowledgement? Yeah, so let me. Um, this, the thing that surprised me is this is a ve- an actually good acknowledgement. Thank you to One Life Left, a radio show dedicated to video games that's broadcast on Resonance 104.4 FM in London and is available as a podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. They've invited me on the show three times in the past few years. It's been a blast each time and I promised that I would give them an acknowledgement in the book in return for a Marioki song. This is me keeping my side of the bargain. Mm. Yeah, there, thank you. There are two sides. There are two sides. Every, yeah. There are every bargain. Well, thank you for coming back in as we reopen uh, the negotiations, Nicholas. <laughs> reopen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like most Steve. negotiations, the deal's done. Well, okay. no, the, the deal is done. Yeah, of course, course it is. Yeah, of course. Very, very happy course, to fulfill yeah. our side of the yeah, bargain. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget, this wouldn't be the first uh, Nicholas Level song no. we've got because we have uh, the power of Lovell. It's true. Already. I, already. That was fantastic. And I think that, that, you know, having that in the Mariachi roster proves our intentions, proves good faith there. But we don't just add any song, do we? No. We can't exactly. just add any no. song. And of course you, uh, as, as proven by today, uh, you know, you're often moving around in the games industry. So we want to get it right. One great thing about this bargain, I think, is we often struggle with songs with love in the title, mm. don't we? Because nothing rhymes with love. Apart from orange (laughs) (laughs) And pint So you know There's a wealth of songs to pick from um, And we wanted Your input on what we thought What you thought You know fits your current state I should have done some preparation You accused me last time of being prepared This time I'm so not You don't have to So we can can fire some song titles at you Just just to see what you think So for example uh, What if we were to do If we were to rewrite what would to do uh, Joy Division's Lovell Will Tear Us Apart? <laughs> or maybe... It's uh, not a great pitch for my consulting. <laughs> uh, maybe... Um, oh, where's it gone? Is it Phil, Cur- Phil Collins? Can't hurry Lovell. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Also not necessarily ideal for some of my marketing. <laughs> what about um, something we were thinking about 10 to, 10 to 7 today? The Black Eyed Peas, Where Is The Lovell? Maybe the cure is Friday. I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elton John, are you ready for Lovell? Okay, it's, no, maybe, maybe. Leona Lewis, bleeding Lovell. Okay. <laughs> uh, Queen, somebody to Lovell. It's <laughs> a good one. People always pick Queen songs. Yeah, they constantly do. In they Mariachi. do. Yeah. Um, Thompson Twins, in the in the name of Lovell. I'm liking. I'm liking the last two. Okay. I'm liking the last two. Okay. We, I like the idea of songs that people always pick. You know, right. that sounds quite okay. good. Phil Collins, Easy Lovell. He's an Easy Lovell. That one writes itself. It's a search and replace job. I tell you what. Why don't we find out more about what you're doing right now? Very good. And then we can return to this at the end. Of- Almost like it was planned. <laughs> So, uh, you wrote the book, you did the acknowledgement, we're here, uh, song in progress, I believe. Uh, tell us, uh, so tell us a bit about what you're up to now. So, I'm now working as game director on Hot Wheels ID. Did you guys ever play with Hot Wheels when you were a kid? Of course, of course, yes. Yes. Of course you did. They've it's got new Hot Wheels these days, haven't they? Well, um, so they've gone through the old ones that I used to really, really love, the pullback, brrr, whiz around, I remember coming up to London with my mother and seeing those in Harrods, uh, no, Harrods, <laughs> Hamleys. <laughs> <laughs> Very fancy child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Dexter has got some ones that go on the wall, on the stick to the side of the wall. What? Uh, Not my one, sorry. Loop, loop the loops. And now they've got these newfangled ones I was reading about. With chips in them. They've got chips like in Like modern technology. Okay. What are the, what so so the, the, the whole idea is that uh, Hot Wheels was 50 years old last uh, year. It's the most popular toy in the world. But toys are under threat from video games. They're under threat from you, Simon. Right. Uh, and um, and there are some terrifying charts that show the age at which kids uh, start preferring screens to um, 
uh, to, to playing with physical toys. And it used to be kind of 12 when you got your first console. And now that number is getting vanishingly close to, like, they always prefer right. uh, things. There is a phrase I have heard of swipe before they wipe, which means they play they play <laughs> iPads before they're out of nappies. Uh, and uh, my, my daughter was playing on iPads when she was 18 months old. Okay. So they absolutely do. So one of the things which Hot Wheels are trying to do is go, well, how do we, how do we address this? And Hot Wheels ID is part of that. Each new Hot Wheels car in the ID range has a chip in it. Uh, that chip can remember everything that it that the car does, whether it's connected to the app or playing on this new smart track. So it knows how many miles it's driven, it knows how fast it went, both in the real world and in the digital world. It knows how many loop the loops it does, and it's connected to this smart track. The uh, big kit is about one hundred and fifty nine pounds, something like that. Track where we know how long it is we know what the piece of track are not the original like uh, plastic yeah. strips but uh, a new intelligent version okay plug that in connect it to the portal connect the portal to your phone with bluetooth and you've got a advanced play experience for the 21st century wow and they're calling it mixed play or, or we are we we're thinking quite a lot about toy philosophy versus game philosophy which was really quite difficult to get our heads around at first toy makers are not in the room with the person playing not normally so they they make the toy they have to the only clues they can give the kid to how to play with it are in the design of the toy it's quite a tricky thing you've got relatively young kids is that right yeah, maybe a bit younger 10 than 19 months okay so you're squarely outside the optimal <laughs> age range but the there's a kids tv show called the octonauts which is full of explaining octonauts? to kids yeah. Explaining to kids how to play with the toys they make. That's what the show does. That's what it's for. And part of the reason for that is it's quite hard to do that. Game philosophy, the other way. We're in the room. Game designers are in the room with, with the kids, with adults, with players all the time. We know exactly how difficult they're finding it. We are trying to build progression. And we're trying to endlessly amp up the challenge so that they're in a balance between frustration and boredom. That's what we're trying to do. And when you try and merge these two philosophies, when you try and get something that works really well for kids who want an unstructured play experience and also build something which is supposed to appeal to older adults, teenagers, adults who want a very structured play experience, there's a real tension there. And we're calling this mixed play. We think, fingers crossed, that we've managed to achieve it. Uh, It's only been out for a month. Uh, It came out. uh, It's exclusively available in not anymore it was exclusively available in Apple stores and that's Hot Wheels which you can purchase in Apple stores yeah, which well. is not a natural yeah. hmm. a natural match but it's all about this being a premium uh, experience it's not your standard one dollar car it's a, it's a premium value so the game itself uh, you can put your real life cars in can't you that's right you can scan it on an iPhone uh, you can scan it on an Android device it's out now that car is genuinely unique it now scans into the game we know that that car of the hundred thousand copies of this one this is a unique one and we measure how many miles it's done how much you've used it how much you've loved it forever uh, so there's a very, very big database in the background. Wow. Uh, I think we've got 25 cars out now. There are many more coming. And the nature of Hot Wheels is that they release new cars every month. So we now have quite a difficult treadmill. They put new cars out physically. That's a harder treadmill, to be honest. Uh, and then we have to make sure the moments it out, it appears in, in our game. And you can, uh, so you've got, you can have the real-life track, uh, smart track, but also take them in-game. You've, it's a... It's a I was going to say, is it, is it a traditional racing game or, or, or not? I had a, had a quick blast with, um, last week. Uh, so it's, uh, it's somewhere between a sort of gravity-powered downhill racer. Uh, a lot of the team worked on Angry Birds Go uh, back in the day, but they, which I worked on as well. But they also worked on Split Second and a number of other racing games that were more traditional. But it's, uh, I mean, the racing experience is uh, you know, one to one and a half minutes, maybe even shorter on some of the tracks. And it's more like Outrun, if you remember Outrun back in the day, whereas you go around a corner, the car drifts outwards towards the edge. We, it needs to be relatively forgiving because we've got to have a relatively young audience, but it's also got to have some control and perfect corner lines for an older audience. If you hit the edge, you're doing it wrong, and that's the feedback for the kids. And what we're trying to do for the adults is kind of find the racing line, but it's kind of forgiving along the route. What I liked about it was that it's not exclusively centred around physical toys, like you have seen some things like Lego Dimensions, etc. Um, you can play it without owning any. So it's a digital-only racing experience. The other book I wrote, The Curve, which you've kindly let me talk about before, was all about find your audience using free, earn the right 
talk them, to them again by keeping playing and let them spend lots of money on things they value. And one of the reasons I finally got dragged out of consultancy was because this project is almost exactly what I would have said you should do if Mattel had asked me to consult, which they didn't. <laughs> but if they had, I'd have said you've got to find a way to build an experience that people want to play for free forever. So the digital thing has to stand on its own without you having to spend the $7 or the 150 bit more dollars on the well, not anymore thanks to Brexit but you know uh, on that uh, on that process so it's about trying to get people in through the digital and at the moment uh, probably more of our marketing is focused on getting people in through the, the physical but over time we expect the balance to be way in favour of the free digital right. experience and keep people engaged through that uh, it's early days obviously but uh, is it working is, is what you said <laughs> happening <laughs> Yes, but obviously, well, I don't even work for Mattel, so obviously I'll get in enormous amounts of trouble if I um, if I reveal any numbers. But yeah. yes, it's working. Is it? It's working. I think you'll always find with any game uh, when you're blending the two, there's a lot of teething challenges. Um, one of our biggest challenges is that we get half our audience screaming it's far too hard and half screaming it's far too easy. Yeah. And figuring out how to balance that requires some intelligent in-game balancing uh, to basically make the dads find it harder right. and the kids find it easier, or possibly the other do way. Do you know anybody's written books on that? I that do. You could, that you could get. I do. <laughs> you could get I do. Exactly. Well, um, has, has anything sort of truly surprised you in terms of the way people are interacting with it uh, outside of their balance issues? I mean, the, f the first one is that we have 650 races and the first person finished it within 10 days. Uh, wow. Which we was, I mean, I know that everybody always says whatever game you release they finish it earlier than you thought but we thought we were doing better with this one. Right. Uh, so that one's really surprised us. And the second one is that um, people have been really interested in just buying exactly the car they want right now. So we expected people to spend more time grinding their way through the experience, unlocking the cars, only thinking about buying or buying a bit of a car when they hit a restriction. But actually, there's quite a lot of people who've gone, that car, digitally, I just want it right now. Right. Uh, and more than we expected. So yeah. that's been that's been good news. Um, you mentioned that they're bringing out real cars sort of monthly, is that right? So broadly, yes. Mattel, Mattel's business model forever, and when you're thinking about the kid cars you played with as a kid, is that they bring out multiple sets of new cars every... I think it's 10 times a year, so it's not quite monthly, but it's picked to retail rhythms. It's slightly slower during the summer and slightly faster during the run-up to Christmas, for example. Um, and that's, that's just what they do. That's their thing, and we, as the game developers, just have to match their physical rhythm. If you get a car and you scan it and it doesn't appear in-game, that's a pretty bad experience. Yeah. So we are really on the treadmill right. now of trying to keep up with that. Th th this was a new role for you. What, what was that like? Terrifying. Yeah. And really hard. Yeah. And it's much harder than I thought it was going to right. be. <laughs> How did you? So how did you deal with that? So I think so. You know, obviously I'm used to being a consultant where I turn up, spend a day saying this is what you're getting wrong, this is what you should do, and then leaving. And um, I generally get called back again, so I don't alienate people uh, in that process. And I have to do something right. But it is quite different when you discover. Uh, doing all of the jobs. You know, I'm used to talking about the analytics, about the design, about the psychology, psychology of how you encourage people to leave the game frequently because it's important people stop and then come back again frequently. It's important they come back. I'm used to doing all of that. But all of a sudden, all of the implementing the analytics and worrying about whether or not the audio sounds good and thinking about the difficulty balancing in the base layer, which is not my normal uh, my normal thing, the racing stuff. Um, I'm having to sort of revisit all of that. Broadly, what I'm doing is going, well, I can't do any of that. So I have a team who can do that. Yeah. I have a leader, producer, designer, uh, design, production, art and code lead who are all excellent. And my job turns out being be clear about what we're trying to achieve, make sure they've got the resources to do it and eliminate blockers in their way. Right. And that's how I'm trying to do it because it's really hard. You've got, uh, you've clearly got a long-term plan for this then as well? Uh, yes. So, I mean, it's a, it's a live game. Yeah. So pretty well all games of that type now have a multi-year plan. I mean, by plan, we have a roadmap with some ideas on it, but obviously it gets pretty vague. And it, but is, in it, is it weekly updates or...? Uh, it won't be as often as that, but we... We basically have to make sure that we have something in place every time a mix comes out. A mix is not a consumer-facing term. I shouldn't have used it. mix? Yeah, exactly. It's an internal thing. New cars. Okay. Every time new cars come out. Uh, so we'll be making sure that we have updates there to support them. So, so the minimum is every time new cars come out, and they're due out roughly once a month for the right. rest of the year. Okay. So it's a very fast rhythm. Wow. That's great. Are you going to do uh, like any live events and stuff like that? Definitely. Fortnite did this thing last week, which I missed. 
with a robot on the. I saw it. Yeah, did, did you, were, you, were you in there? Were you? I have never been in. Anne's our Fortnite correspondent, okay. yeah. but I saw Played some videos time. of it. Yep. Yeah, no worries. That's all you need. Yeah, you need uh, live events. Yeah. What's 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 going to be your first then? I'm not going to announce that. We haven't told anybody <laughs> yet. Sorry, I know your journalist instincts yeah. are trying to prize it out of me. I'm sorry. What does this mean for the for your books? I think it's great news. So one of the I have another book idea in mind, okay. as you can imagine. We've got some acknowledgements in mind. So there you go. There you go. So write the acknowledgements first. It's, it's amazing how many people have only read the acknowledgements in my book, looking at Simon, trying to think if he admits to having read anything else. Um, so I've got a new idea around managing creativity and figuring out uh, which people are really good with very open-ended questions and which people want really quite constrained questions and how somebody who thinks they're not creative, if you constrain the area of creativity, all of a sudden they're actually really good at solving problems but what they can't do is being told here's a big problem solve it but if you it's, it's all around boxes I like right, shapes yeah. so the pyramid the curve mm. this one's going to be box square <laughs> oblong okay. I don't know what but it's something around that so for me this is a fascinating uh, experience to be the value of consulting is you get to talk to lots of different people about lots of different projects and see lots of different ways of working but it's very wide it's not very deep this is very deep I'm going deep into lots of different problems with people in lots of different disciplines of all seniorities where I normally only deal with with sort of leadership so um, so yes uh, my plans are to stay as game director that's not that's not a thing that is not in my plans but to also think about how I can use this to inform new book ideas great that means you need to come back on the show then doesn't it Excellent. I need to write a book first. So wow. come back on monthly <laughs> with new cars. I've I've spent that interview scrolling to try and find a an appropriate song. Okay. For a, well done. Yeah. Well, you say that. Yeah. Let's see what um, you got, Steve. Well, the thing is, there aren't that many songs that deal with cars and love, are there? Because people love cars. Love all so machine. They don't need to sing. What? Love all machine. That's pretty good. That's very good. Well, I was interviewing him at the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> just what I was thinking. Multitasking. <laughs> I was going to go for George Michael's Fast Level. Okay, also oh. good. Which works, well, I think, got, just about. another book, so that's so. two songs, isn't it? <laughs> yes, um, or, or we could do um, This Ain't a Level Song. Um, just, you know, yeah. then don't write it. Exactly. About <laughs> that's my way. Very good. Uh, that was fascinating. Thank you so much uh, for that. Where can people follow you? As always, I'm uh, Nicholas Lovell on Twitter or Games Brief on Twitter. On my website, it's gamesbrief.com. I mean, by this point, they should should yeah. be following. Is there anyone else you want to point people to? <laughs> I put one life left in the acknowledgements. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah, should follow Dan Cook as a game designer. He's brilliant. Agreed. Uh, shall we do the letters? Let's let's rock on. Thank you very much for your letters this week. Uh, been pity again, so didn't have the time to put the call out, but we have got a couple. First is from Ben Hall, uh, our guest uh, from last week, who writes a Kong update. Hello, team, and possibly plus a super special guest, Rude. Last week, I pointed out how it was strange that Donkey Kong was an ape, but Diddy Kong was a monkey. I've finally done the research, and apparently Diddy Kong was adopted by the Kong family when he was a little baby. Ah. I apologise to the Kong family for any offence caused. What awkward statements have you made about a video game character that you later regretted? Cheerio, Ben. I think I was once accused of body shaming tubs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I, I don't. I wasn't because I think tubs looks great and can come in my garden anytime. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I regretted that. Sorry, tubs. Nicholas, have you made any? No, video games. I remember being terribly confused and adolescent about the boy priest in uh, Monkey because it turned out it was a girl, right. but it was called a boy priest. Yeah. And that really confused me when I was about 13. I, I have never made a regrettable statement about exactly video characters right. in my life. Me neither. Uh, who's got the second letter? Uh, Scamps? I don't have it. Okay, I, I can find it. <laughs> or Simon can read too. I can't find it because I'm about to read okay, something else. Okay, hang on, else. hang on. Uh, got it. Hello, team. Hello, SSG. Yesterday, I went to a retro game market and found myself walking out with six different James Bond PS2 games, none of which cost more than £2. I'm pretty sure there's only one good James Bond game, but I'm game to see if there were uh, if there were others that I'd missed. I was shocked to find so many for a single system, though. I spent quite a lot of time recently thinking about video game film 
films after reading Lights, Camera, Game Over by Luke Owen. And I wonder if things work the same the other way round. Are we doomed to have bad games of films and bad films of games? What are the exceptions to the rule? Also on the subject of tie-ins, I bought a Pac-Man board game, a Donkey Kong board game and a Tetris board game and they all look awesome. Is it easier to adapt video games to board games? Do you have any favourites? Pip-Pip, Robert. That's quite a lot of questions, Robert. A lot of questions. Nicholas, you were nodding there. So I was nodding on the board game one, but I want to answer the other the other bit first, Good. which is actually about something fractionally different, which is about game shows coming to games. So mm. at one of the masterclasses I teach, the guy who invented The Weakest Link was there mm. to try and learn more about video game design, being already a significantly better than I am expert at game design, working on, on uh, um, The Weakest Link. And he said, the amazing thing is that people keep trying to adapt my games without realising that I don't give a stuff about whether or not the people playing my games have fun. It doesn't <laughs> matter. What matters is I put them in horrible situations which are fun to watch. Right. not fun to play so when we then take it and put it onto a video game situation you go well this isn't fun like watching <laughs> the telly you go no it isn't because I didn't make it for that mm. and I feel the same is true about taking games to films it's that the, the narrative story is more fun when you are in it mm. making the judgments and the decisions that's what is the value of it the setting the theme the so on sorry David Case are not always that advanced uh, and so yes fundamentally to his earlier question yes I think we are doomed because they're fundamentally different ways of telling a story and just swapping one to the other isn't always strong. Board game wise, Board there games? are plenty of those on Kickstarter these days. That seems to just uh, prop mm. Kickstarter up in terms of people making board games based. I've, no, I've, I've not played any and I've no interest in doing so. Uh, the one that Robert didn't mention though from that era is the Zaxxon board game, which is equally uh, nice. And I think people buy these um, uh, just to have physical versions of the game properties on their shelves rather than to play them mm. specifically. I think there is a risk they're artefacts rather than right. games. There is a definite risk, but they look really cool. They do. I have another letter. Go on. Uh, which we forgot or chose not to mm. read out uh, last week. It's from Damien Ashfield. It says, Dear team and super special guest, how much to buy some of your bathwater? Do you offer a team bath pre-mixed option in a can? I promise not to drink it on the tube or drink it at all. Honestly, the thought never crossed my mind. Um, I've got some questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, what? Did you think that would when this letter arrived? I think it might have gone to my spam. <laughs> Who'd have thought that? It's gone to your bath water sale folder, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I do have a separate one of those. Right. Uh, I didn't see this letter. What? Um, I'll st- what? What is this pertaining to? Yeah. Simon, are you aware of what this is? I'm are not, we doing the? I'm not aware. Are we doing the yes, yes, no? We are basically yeah. doing reply alls uh, yes, feature, yes, no. aren't we? Yeah. Uh, Nicholas, are you familiar with this? A, um, a Twitch, I think it's Twitch, gaming streamer lady was selling her bath water in tiny little jars. You could buy oh, okay. that. And, uh, and Damien inquiring mm. whether you know it's something we would do as a spin-off. Well, you know, going back to the start of the show, Anne did show us her bath yesterday. Maybe that's what this was all about. <laughs> is that what yesterday was all for? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I flooded the bath first time I used it, uh, but it's because the um, back pipe wasn't properly attached. All right, you want to watch out for that? There'll be somebody outside scrambling around yeah. for the uh, <laughs> yeah. overflowing water. Anyway, if you've got any uh, letters about uh, our discarded fluids or otherwise. Please team write in. Team at onelifeleft.com. Last, uh, last show of the season next week. So this is your last chance to be on One Life Left. Shall we have a bit of music? And then we'll be back after reviews.
We all met uh, Simon Parkin. Well, not all of us. Anne and I met Simon Parkin last week, didn't we? That's absolutely not all of us. No, it's not. To be too... fair, he did cre- he did credit all of us well, then by your definition. So Simon book. Parkin, um, you know, author and uh, games journalist, uh, credited Anne and I yeah. in his book before last. <laughs> But has not creditors. No, th- so this new one isn't out yet. Yeah, but w- w- you. Yeah, I did some uh, investigative journalism. Right, he's dropped you two now as well, is he? Yeah, he said he was going to put you in uh, on your own just as a joke, right. but then he d- he didn't. He didn't know. And we were doing at your uh, was it at your barbecue? Or we were doing some investigations anyway into why this might be the case, why he's decided to drop us. And then the story came out of what about what happened at his last book launch, at his signing. Yeah, I think this was his first book when we um, yeah. turned up uh, with o- other book covers <laughs> that could have been uh, written by or about someone or something called Parco. Uh, for example, Michael Parkinson's autobiography. Okay. Uh, so we'd printed out these book covers and put them on other books. That's nice. Uh, and then got him to sign them. Right. And the first book, he chuckled. Yeah. The second book, <laughs> yeah. he didn't really do anything. The book, he was quite upset. Really? Yeah, because it was his big um, <laughs> big book launch and we were being bad friends. Well, I think, you know, the fact you've gone to so much trouble. I know. That's, I, um, a, that's what I saw it as. So I bought his book. Oh, I, yeah. So I genuinely, I, I mean, I know you joked about me not reading it. I've got a switch, Nicholas, so I don't read books anymore. That's <laughs> genuinely true. I won't ever. I, my dad wrote a book and I didn't read that. Okay, so please don't feel... Did you even buy his? Uh, he sent it to me, so no. <laughs> oh, no. I, I bought it for somebody. Um, maybe it's a gift. That's uh, how I found out I've got an older sister. Was it was in was in the acknowledgements of his book? This is true. Wow! <laughs> so you don't read books; you just read acknowledgements. That's literally true. This is, this is amazingly yeah. common. See, you discover. Only to see if I've got any new siblings. <laughs> see, if if Simon Parkin really wanted to make up for this, he would put another life revelation about well, you well, in exactly. the credits of yeah. his movie. So anyway, I turned up his book. I bought his book, and then. Um, uh, this this joke about him not putting me in, but putting you two in, it was all rumbled on. It ended up with me genuinely about to throw his book in the sea um, at one point after Kate had finished reading it. I was like, I'm just going to throw this in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and even though he wasn't there and nobody would have known about it, I couldn't bring myself to do it. No, he's a nice man. This time. Uh, this is Astrolander's uh, cover of George Clanton's Never Late Again. It's from chipmusic.org and it's been a beautiful soundtrack to a very intelligent discussion which I think reflects well on us all. Shall we do the reviews? Let's do them. Simon. Uh, I had to to force myself to stop playing Slay the Spire. Did you? Uh, So I popped over to play Night Call, uh, which is um, a um, it's a it's an investigative crime drama where you are a Parisian taxi cab driver set after the terror terrorist attra- attacks of a few years ago um, you are one of your passengers is killed by a serial killer uh, you uh, attempts to kill you but you survive uh, and you've got to drive around Paris at night picking up conversations of uh, your passengers and piecing together who the serial killer is through their anecdotes what they say the clues etc it's sort of resource management you've only got a set amount of time to drive around Uh, it's very very passive Um, it's effectively an interactive novel uh, but it's beautifully done Um, uh, really really lovely sense of style and ambience Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it thanks to uh, Xbox PC Game Pass Ah. But um, it did just uh, reinforce the fact that I prefer to play it on Switch. 7 out of 10. Steve? I have been playing uh, two games I want to talk about this week. Uh, Etherborn. Uh, Etherborn is a third-person puzzle uh, action game uh, where you move around an environment which is, as quite a few of these games are, Escher-esque in construction. Uh, you walk on the walls and the ceiling and that, and then fall off, you know, because gravity's gone all weird. Um, it is beautifully put together, like absolutely gorgeous. The guy or girl who has made it has a real sense of artistic 
direction. The palettes are fantastic. The puzzle design is really, really good as well, although a little bit tough for me. I really grated against... Do I grate against something or does something grate against me? Whatever. There was some grating. <laughs> Sounds bad. Yeah. There was some grating with the, uh, with the dialogue and the sort of heavy-handed, I thought, VO, um, which I couldn't really tell you what it was about, but it was certainly overwritten. And I think that's pushed me away from it to the point that I probably won't go back. But if you can deal with that kind of stuff better than I can, I really, really recommend it because the game design in it is fantastic. Um, I also played Break the Game. You heard of Break the Game? First time I've heard of it, Steve. Break the Game is a Bithel-esque adventure of a little square trapped in a system and you're guiding him out of there. Um, it's really, really beautifully put together. Um, I think this is done by one person. It seems to be from the very low level of investigative journalism I did around Googling. Uh, but That's it's, my kind of investigative Yeah, I know. I, I thought it fit really well with One Life Left's sort of uh, ethos. Um, it's really, really nicely done. It's got a really good sense of humour. Um, it's, it's sort of annoyed me a bit with the delivery of the dialogue which comes up sort of letter by letter and I'm like oh I can already read that by now can you move a bit faster you can't skip through it I think the reason that decision has been made is for timing purposes because that is a key to comedy and it is you know gently funny Uh, I'll probably go back to it it's a nice little platform shooter Um, recommended both get 7 out of 10 Nicholas I've been playing Return of the Obra Dinn, but I've stopped because I finished it, and it was fantastic. I mean, I'd love to go back to it. I've stopped because I finished it. I'm very sad. It's, so it's set in 1807. A ship returns to Falmouth with all of the crew dead, and your job is to try and figure out how it happened. It's from Lucas Pope, who made Papers, Please. And it's uh, it's told through voiceover, flashbacks, and stills, still experiences. So at the moment of death, there is a freeze frame where you can explore and look around and usually it's quite easy to figure out how the person you're looking at died but there's lots of clues spread around uh, in there about how somebody died you have to look in the background and say oh that person I've been trying to work out what happened to him and you suddenly see something in the background and you go oh he didn't die the way I thought he did he died a different way oh I get it um, I mean the sad thing about it is that it's book length which is good in some ways but having played Hearthstone for three years the idea of having a game which makes you stop uh, is kind of odd but it's freeing because I finished it and I can't go back to it uh, and the other game which I played lots of last time and forgot to tell you was Bomber Crew which I finished and also fabulous same I mean there's now DLC which I haven't downloaded yet uh, but that was I'll send you a copy you're in the acknowledgements fantastic (laughs) fantastic so I really really enjoyed that uh, I enjoyed both of them for sort of slightly similar reasons kind of um, quirky trying to figure out how systems work and uh, you know kind of indie in their form and I'm playing a lot of the original Roller Coaster Tycoon too scores 7 out of 10 uh, Scants. I, I thank you. I would like to review uh, Nicholas's cufflinks. <laughs> They're Hot Wheels. They are. Oh, they sense. are. Seven out of ten. Incredible. <laughs> um, I so I've been playing. I haven't had loads of time, so I've been playing uh, Scar. Uh, what's it called? Sky Children of the Light. Um, and it's by that game company and it's very beautiful which game company? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) yeah so it's very very beautiful oh lovely lovely sound I did have my headphones in good Uh, Mm. so yeah I haven't had heaps of time so I've been trying to play it on the train had a nice little playthrough when I was on the overground get on the tube no you can't play it on the tube it can't connect so I had to connect uh, so that's where I stopped okay what is it? Uh, you're flying. You're flying. <laughs> you're walking around, and you can do some flying, and also holding hands. You're you're exploring and going to uh, going from point to point, um, and sort of yeah, okay. just with real people, other people. Well, yeah, I mean that's a bit I couldn't get because couldn't I, was, I was on the tube. So you, you sort of played it a bit. Yeah, a bit. I read that uh, him at that game company, yeah. Jennifer Chen, said this fixes. It's an attempt to fix a problem with video games, but it was a bit of a clickbaity article, so I only read that headline. Yeah. Do you know what the problem is? And you, did he fix it? Tubes. Oh. Didn't fix it. Okay. But it's fine because um, London Mayor uh, Sadiq Khan is uh, adding 
connectivity I to the tube. Are you pleased with that? No. No. I mean, in this, in this specific instance, would have been useful. Mm. Uh, everywhere else, no. Keep me disconnected. Mm. I, I want a safe space where I don't have to talk to anybody or be connected to anybody. And or that, hear anyone um, talking yeah, to anyone. Unfortunately, that's the tube. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's um, a shame. But great for this game. So, 7 out of 10. Good. Well done. Thanks. We all got through that. We did. In this oven of a radio studio. There's a lot of ambient noise tonight. There's a lot of sirens, weren't there, halfway through? Yeah, talking about Hot Wheels. And they were like, yeah, you want some Hot Wheels? We want some sound. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's not how... um, Are we in the acknowledgements for Hot Wheels? (laughs) In the credits? Oh... We should check our contracts. You have you have no idea how difficult it is to get contra- to get credits signed off. It's like, like you asked me how hard it's being a game director. Literally, the hardest thing was getting people not to quit over credits. Oh, like really? it's really hard. Just credit really people. Hard. We did. Yeah. There's nobody not in it. No. But you know, they're sorry, still unhappy that, in some that, that, that was named at you specifically. Um, the IGDA has a 19-page document recommending how you do it. Does it? It does. And who wrote that? <laughs> a team of people at the IGDA, but I haven't checked their credits. <laughs> Very good. Um, I think that's our show, yeah. isn't it? I think because it's been an absolute down. pleasure as always. Thank you for having Thank me again. Thank you for coming. Uh, you made a special trip here. We are very grateful. Um, good luck with the rest of it. Thank you. Keep on being a game director. I hope to come back next year. Yes. Fifth time that we, will be. We, we hope to have you on. That probably, probably makes you the record yeah, holder. Fantastic. I, think, I think you then need to... You, I think you can then take us home. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe get a free coffee. <laughs> uh, Anne, that's it for you. Yeah, see you in September. See you in September. Yeah, good. What, what are your plans for summer? Um, just have a nice time. Okay. Yeah. I hope you have a nice time. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I fear it's going to be me and you next week. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Those are the best ones, aren't, aren't they? they? Aren't they? <laughs> I think they are too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And thanks for listening. See you. See you. Bye. Bye.